hometown hockey came to Swift Current. I was at that event when Ron McLean came. And I remember Ovechkin hit goal number 500 that night. And that was a big deal. And that just seems oh, wow. like moons ago that I was there. I have a video of me being on TV, like, and this girl had a poster of 500. We were standing beside her, so we kept showing her, and then we were on TV. And and just to think, like, that was 500 goals. He's now 300 beyond that. Um, and when he breaks the record, man, because I think he will, barring injury, um, it's going to be some sort of party down there in Washington, <laughs> that's for sure. Come on into the MJ Sports Pod Season 1, Episode Number 13. Um, maybe unlucky, maybe lucky. I don't know, Josh. It's uh, the number <laughs> that as a Ryder fan I hear non- nonstop about the uh, 2009 Great Cup. But here we are, Episode 13. And uh, today on the show we're going to talk a little bit about uh, CFL. There's some more news. We really shouldn't have said we're going to wrap up CFL because now it seems like every week there's going to be something else. Um, but that's how we're going to roll. And it's, uh, it's a joy, I guess, to be able to talk about sports again, right? I mean, we went a whole year there without any sports, except like, I don't know, I was watching like 1990 hockey games being replayed on Sportsnet. That was about what we did. So maybe we shouldn't complain, but, uh, we're going to talk about, about that. We'll talk some NHL, uh, news and analyze some things that we are looking at, uh, and Nate will be stopping by for Nate's nuke bombs. And uh, yeah, well, that'll probably wrap our show. We'll do performers and pick them at the end as well. But uh, yeah, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back to kick off episode 13 of season one on the MJ Sports Pod. Welcome back to the MJ Sports Pod Season 1, Episode 13, and we're joined again by Nate and uh, to talk some NBA. And Nate, Josh and I have dubbed this segment uh, Nate's Nuke Bombs, like Woj Bombs, but Nate's Nuke Bombs, because you have the inside scoop we feel on NBA compared to all compared to all the brothers. I think you're, you're more into it than most of us. Um, hmm. So we just want to touch base a little bit about some N- NBA stuff. Um what do you, what's going on with the Raptors, Nate? I'm not too sure. <laughs> They've been struggling lately. I remember when we were talking last, they were as well, but they started to get better with people coming back. And now I'm just not sure either. I've been not seeing what we, what we're used to with them, like the grit and dog and their fighting and all that, you know? So, yeah. Like they're two games back of uh, of the Knicks. Like they're last in the Atlantic, and they're two games back of the Knicks. Um, if you look mm-hmm. at the conference standings, they've dropped to tenth, so they're technically in the play iron round. If you want to be a part of that, um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. Like because they got most of their guys. I don't know Ananobi's out right now again, but you're always going to have injuries, so you got to look past that. Because you got Boston is at twenty two and seven, Milwaukee's at twenty and eight. Denver's at 17 and 10. That's actually a really close division there. Um, Phoenix yeah. is at 16 and 12. They're tied with the Clippers. Miami's at 15 and 15, and they're first. So if we could be in that division, that'd be nice. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's interesting how things are going. Memphis is 19 and 9, uh, but they lost to the uh, <laughs> the Kings the other night. 
They were up big yeah. in that game. <laughs> and then I looked later, and it was like Kings defeat Raptors 124-123. I was like, what? Because I watched a little bit of the fourth. I was like, oh, they got this. Yeah. That teaches me. But, um, yeah, what are your thoughts? Like, Sacramento's half a game back behind L.A. and Phoenix for first in the division. Like, they're having a good, good run. Uh, Golden State is right behind them. And then uh, the Lakers are four and a half games back in last place. So, we're better than the Lakers. But there's another team that we played against the other day. Um, no LeBron, no Anthony Davis. They're up big at halftime, and the Raptors almost blew that game. So, is there no no finish in their game? Because they seem to come out and pl- start okay. Yeah, I think I think something just always seems to change at halftime for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they always come out fighting and not giving up and always trying and you know just doing everything they can to get ahead in the game. And I don't know if it's just fatigue or if it's just a mental issue or something that they're having that's caused them to kind of start faltering out after halftime or if maybe their fire just kind of runs out you know so yeah when you're running hot you don't want to take a break obviously and Mm -hmm. maybe that's part of the issue as well they just the other teams are figuring them out by halftime maybe and the Raptors just need to adjust their game I think better as well as the game goes on because a lot of the time they kind of run the same things over and over, you know, so. Well, they've played the same same offensive scheme since they won the championship, right? Yeah, Eventually exactly. are going to catch on. <laughs> yeah, and you don't have, you know, Kawhi or Lowry anymore to run those yeah. schemes with too, so. Yeah, we have, we really have no, like Siakam is kind of our biggest guy, but yeah, him and Van Vliet can't score all the points. No, exactly. So I don't know, like. It's Toronto sports, right? The Leafs and Jays do the same <laughs> thing. We go through all these ruts. Um, but I wonder, too, like, is Nick Nurse's coaching philosophy run its course in Toronto? I don't want to be that guy that, you know, jumps on the coach, but it just seems like they don't want it anymore. Yeah, I think so. And I think, like, another thing that I've noticed this year is, like, Gary Trent last year was just always – unreal for us and I you know you don't really even hear about him anymore like he's just Mm -hmm. not the same and I don't know if just you know you have these players I think that uh struggle after bad seasons or after really good seasons and come out and start struggling and I think that also just affects your mind and forces them to struggle even more because they're trying to get out of it and Mm -hmm. and with Nick Nurse I think yeah I think there comes the point if they keep struggling, like for especially if it goes on for the rest of the season, mm-hmm. the struggles. I think there's definitely the question for that. I mean, I think I'd give him till the end of the season though to see if you know how they can snap out of this. Yeah. Um, just because he has done a lot of good for the team, and so, you know, I think you give him the benefit of the doubt right now and just keep letting him go do his thing, and just yeah, eventually you have to <laughs> get the team rolling in the right direction somehow. Yeah, and we, we have the right guys in the front office there with Masai and Bobby Webster. Like, they, they're not stupid. If anything, they've made, made this team into what it is. So if they see something that needs changing, they're, they'll have no qualms about it, and they'll go do it, right? So um, yeah. we can rest in that. But, but yeah, I just wanted to invite you on the pod and, and see what you thought because I I don't even know what to make of these Raptors. I personally haven't watched a game in a couple of weeks, so it's not like I've, you know, analyzed every play. But um, Yeah, exactly. 
I know when when we talk uh, here with Josh, <laughs> he kind of says, "You guys do that because I don't know NBA, so that's why yeah. I give Nate a ring and bring him on the pod." But um, yeah, well, that'll do it. I think Nate. That, I I just wanted to ask you about that and kind of touch on based on some of these standing things. Like as we record this right now, Thursday, December the fifteenth, uh, the Grizzlies have just defeated the Bucks one forty two one hundred one. Um, yeah, so that's, that. that's a crazy stat. Half time they're up thirty. <laughs> Yeah, like the, it's, up on the Bucks, but they're not in the same conference. But they're one like Grizzlies are officially one game back, one whole game back of the Bucks in the overall standing. So uh, interesting season yeah. going on there. They've added some pieces. The Suns are up on the Clippers in the second quarter. Um, Jazz Pelicans tied one hundred seven with six minutes left. So there's some interesting games going on right now. Um, yeah, so. Right on. Well, thanks, Nate, for dropping on here, and uh, we will uh, take a quick break, and we'll anytime. Okay, we'll take a quick break, <laughs> and we'll be right back on the MJ Sports Pod. Welcome back to the MJ Sports Pod, season one, episode thirteen, um, and uh, we want to talk a little CFL because. That's what happens when you say you're not going to talk about it anymore. More stuff happens. Um, <laughs> biggest news probably coming out of the CFL, Josh, was the Riders finally, after striking out on seven names, okay? That's a combination of them signing elsewhere, them pulling themselves out of the running, not even accepting the invite for the interview, all that. They have just named Kelly Jeffrey, their own running back coach, the uh, offensive coordinator. Um, now people are hoping Fajardo comes back, and I'm like, I – Okay. Um, so we'll see what happens there. I I mean, I wish him the best, obviously, because I don't want to see the offense run like it was last year. And um, in uh, Montreal, Anthony Calvillo and uh, Jason Moss have made the last or the short list, you could say, of uh, coaching candidates there. Um, what's your thoughts on some of these coaching moves that are impending and have been uh, been taken up here? Yeah, I feel like the uh, the Ryder one was almost inevitable at that point after you had heard about the amount of uh, people pulling themselves out, like you said, or not even wanting to talk about it, or like, not talk about it, but like interview for the job. And so, like, it kind of left it to be, uh, like, homegrown, I guess you want to say, like, like someone out of their own locker room and, like, stepping up and filling that position for this year. Mm-hmm. Um and as far as the Montreal thing, the only the thing that surprises me the most about it is Jason Moss's name in there after how bad their mm-hmm. offense was in Saskatchewan last year. And like, and he was let go from the head coaching job in Edmonton. Like, it just seemed weird that he'd be on a list for that kind of position. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I think Calvillo will probably get it. That's kind of my gut on that. But who knows? Maybe Jason Moss gets it. And they just keep Calvillo on staff as something else, as another part of the staff who knows but uh yeah i don't know that's kind of my thoughts on the two positions there and the names and everything else yeah i think uh the only reason i can ever see jason moss be there is he's probably one of the free agents that has the most head coaching experience but at the same time he also played with uh played for danny machocha that's the other reason why i think those two have a very good relationship yeah that's Uh, fair but that's the only really reason I could see for that. I agree with you with the rider side of things. Um, but the other thing is uh, Mike Benavides today bid farewell to Ottawa. Obviously, like he's not the defensive coordinator there anymore. But um, 
I'm surprised his name never went into any circles for the teams looking for coaches. I was kind of intrigued by that. Like even Ottawa yeah. didn't even have him. Inter- well, we don't know, I guess, if he interviewed or not, but they were not like a serious contender uh, with him, obviously. So uh, that kind of came to my mind today. I was like, hey, yeah, we never ever heard his name in the in the thick of things. So, um, but I think he'll land somewhere as a coordinator again. Uh, maybe he'll do it. Pat Paul Apolis doesn't go on the panel for a year and then go back to the CFL. Because uh, <laughs> that's how Paul gets paid. CFL or TSN. <laughs> um, other news, uh, Dave Dickinson, you know, takes the GM role uh, in addition to coaching now. So the Alberta coaches are have total autonomy of the team. Um, Huffnagel steps down to uh, – do you say it's step down? He's president. He's still the top. So I don't know if he steps down. He, he relinquished the role anyways. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably say relinquished part of his duties rather than step down. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, he steps up, stepped up the ladder. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's kind of kind of cool. I think Dave Dickinson. Dave Dickinson, like he's been on that team for how many years? As in any capacity, it's been many years. Um, but yeah. They were showing Huffnagel's stats and records: um, fourteen winning seasons, fourteen playoff appearances. I think he had seven Grey Cup appearances, three championships. Like it's just it's insane, and he leads the with all time wins. His record uh, was something like 175, 70, and 2 or something. Like, it was just – it was ridiculous. Um, he had like 100 more – he was like 100 wins above 500, which is just nuts. So, <laughs> he – like, I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. I think it's a foregone conclusion that he'll be in the Hall of Fame in as a coach or a builder uh, category because I don't know how you don't give him that. Uh, yeah. After what he's sure. done with that Calgary team, definitely. So, um, and then one more one more tidbit here before we move on to NHL. Um, Marshall Ferguson, who does some CFL games on TSN, and he's an analyst for their web for CFL.ca, I think, still and things. He uh, posted a photo of Tom Horton's field has a big bil- billboard with Bully by Mitchell, and it's like secure your seats today, and he's like. Does that mean they're signing them, signing him, or what? Because uh, like, <laughs> why would you advertise with him if he's not even officially your teammate? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So that'll be interesting to watch. Then we'll then the domino effect with the other two quarterbacks. will we'll see, right? Because um, Dane Evans and Matthew Schultz will be be there then, right? So we'll see what happens there. Um, the other intriguing part about that is the CFL schedule came out. And Hamilton, the only team they don't go to visit is Calgary. So if Mitchell signs, that would be just hilarious to me. Um, <laughs> he wouldn't get to go back until like two years later. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. The Riders don't – Hamilton doesn't come to – sorry, the Riders I don't think go to Hamilton. I think that's their only road game. And then the Toronto game in Toronto is supposedly going to be touchdown Atlantic again. So I'm not sure why the same two teams get to play all of a sudden or if they just – had good turnout last time, but we'll see. And so Toronto doesn't get to play at home to the Riders again for the second straight season. That's kind of humorous uh, on our part. But uh, any other thoughts on CFL, Josh, before we move on? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, I always like those touchdown Atlantic games, though. I think it's kind of cool to see the uh, the following that the CFL has out that way mm-hmm. uh, with them not having a team. Like, Yeah. Which, 
which begs the question, like, when will they get one out there? Because, like, there's always a good attendance record that those games were uh, when they do do those out there. So, Well, and it, it would benefit the CFL in more ways than one. Uh, one, for the fans' sake, would be scheduling. Like, you wouldn't have all these buys. Like, the Riders have three buys on the schedule. They're all spread out. Last year, I think they had, like, two right close to each other, and it was, like, I don't know, it was, like, one one game, and I think we lost it. And, like, so for three weeks, you think about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but like, for if you had the East and West each with five teams, you do one, maybe two buys each instead of three. But when you have an odd number of teams, you have to have these buys, right? So um, I hope they do someday. I mean, every every time we go out there, this, uh, we – the CFL goes out there. It's like, oh yeah, well, that's on our list. That's on our list. Ambrosi says, and it's like, okay. So, <laughs> why it hasn't happened in his tenure? And people are starting to get frustrated with him. Like, and I'm wondering too if it's time for a change. But that's another topic for another day. We'll see what else he does in the off season, and then make our judgment calls there. But um, <laughs> yeah. So we'll take a break. Uh, we'll be right back, and we'll talk some NHL right here on the MJ Sports Pod. Welcome back to the MJ Sports Pod Season 1, Episode 13. And, uh, yeah, Josh, NHL is uh, in full swing, man. We're 30 games in for the Oilers. They went 7-3, and three, then 3-7, and seven, and then 7-3. and three. And I saw some guy today, he's like, oh, man, the next 10 are going to be brutal. Uh, but that's just how <laughs> they roll. Um, but biggest news in the NHL, Alexander Ovechkin has hit 800 NHL goals in his career. Um He's right, like, he's on the cusp of passing Howe now. And uh, he's 94 away from Gretzky. He's 894, I think. So, a um, couple, couple average years for Ovi would do it, I think. And uh, we'll see where he gets to this year. But uh, what are your thoughts on him? He's had quite the career. Um, and now another milestone. Yeah, no, that's wild. Like, I don't know. Like, he is the greatest scorer that of our generation of watching hockey anyways, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you play one, if he played one more season, I think he could probably catch Gretzky's record. Mm-hmm. I think like by the time he's done this year, he'll be, I don't know, like they're 30 games in. So it's another 50 games. Even if he only scores in half of them, he's only, he'd only be like 70 behind him, which is, a lot of goals still, but I don't think he'll score just half of those games. Like, um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just pretty remarkable. Like just being able to see all that stuff happen. Like I don't watch it live cause I don't follow the capitals, but, uh, I do see the highlights and stuff and it's pretty, pretty crazy. Like 800 goals. That's pretty wild. <laughs> it's, it's quite a milestone. Like you think like he's only the third player ever to do it. Right. And, and we're talking some great players in that list. I mean, Yager and all those guys, Messier, they've all had points, you know, like points is obviously different. And I think when it's, it's all said and done, uh, Crosby will have more points because Crosby's more of a playmaker than Ovi is. But the goal thing is just incredible. Um, gotta love the uh, <laughs> the Chicago fans got to witness that and the whole team came on the ice. It's like, you guys are on the road, but it was kind of cool to, to see. Um Mrazek will always remember that he's the goalie that let it in. And yeah. 
<laughs> I always think of those kind of things, right? Like you're gonna be like, it's like the CFL, like the Elks. It's like not none of those teams want to be the ones that say they beat the streak against us. But uh, but yeah, he is. He's just incredible athlete. Um, I was having a topic uh, talk with someone once uh, this past week, though. I said if he didn't get if he didn't win the Stanley Cup ever up to this point, um, that record would not be looked upon as well, right? But yeah. he's won it all um, before, and now he's chasing that. And his teammates want it, right? Like, whenever there's an empty net now, they're passing to him. And it's, oh. it's hilarious. And Gretzky, I saw a stat yesterday, most empty net points. Um, it's Gretzky, Crosby, Blake Wheeler, Ovechkin. I'm like, huh? Yeah. Blake Wheeler. So, whatever. But the Jets and Thrashers <laughs> are the team he scored the most against. 51 goals against that franchise out of his 800. Like, that's, oh, wow. that's a pretty incredible stat. And the Oilers, I think, are at 13 or 14. So, and the Kraken, they're already at two or three, which is pretty <laughs> incredible, too, because he's only played two games against them. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's great, right? And, um, what he's what he's done for the NHL too. I didn't really like him when he came in because he was this cocky Russian kid, like the World Juniors, right? The most people don't care for the Russian team because they have that attitude. Um, yeah. When they're in the tournament, I mean they're not in the tournament again this year, but like you look at that and then um, he just kind of matured. At some point, he matured, and when he won the cup, I was actually quite happy for him. Like it's kind of weird. I know some people still don't like him, but you can't deny how good he is, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> and to hit 800 with a hat trick, like, it was 797 when he scored against the Jets the other night, and then my phone went off all of a sudden last night. It's like, Ovi reaches 800 with three-goal performance. I'm like, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> he's still doing it. Um, and speaking of three-goal three performance, Zach Hyman got his first, and I find it hard to believe it's his first NHL hat trick considering all the things he's done and he's been kind of a journeyman in his career. Right. But yeah, to see him do that last night and the Oilers defeat the predators. Um, I didn't get to watch the game, but my phone went off and Campbell let the first shot of the game in. And I was like, Oh man, here we go again. But he finished with <laughs> 29 saves on 32 shots. I think like not a bad outing actually in the end, but it took him a sec to get in the game again. Yeah. And Leon Dreisaitl continu- continues his ownership over that team. Oh, it's it's sickening, actually. And McDavid scored another highlight re- real goal. I feel like these are the things we're going to keep saying about these teams, right? Like, or these Oilers team, this Oilers team, because <laughs> different games, same story. And you think, like, they're on a pretty good tear right now. They've had a couple Minnesota losses in there and a Washington loss. But they're only going to get healthier now. You know what I mean? Like, Kane will come back. Yeah. And some of these other names will be okay again. Fogel will come back. Like some of these guys that were contributing before will return. Um, yeah. And I know Bob Stoffer is reporting that the Oilers, well, he's not like, it's not an official report, but he's speculating that the Oilers will spend their first round pick this year to improve at the deadline somehow. And I don't, I think if you had to pick a year to do it, this is probably the one. Um, yeah. Cause you're not beyond Bedard and that. I'm not sure what kind of talent is in this draft. Anyways, I don't follow that closely, but um like, I think I, I think this I think this draft is pretty deep though, uh, from what I've been like hearing on other things. Because like, I even remember last year's trade deadline, everyone was wanting the twenty twenty three picks, not twenty twenty two. 
like everyone was wanting the next year because uh, supposedly the draft after Bedard is like still pretty strong. Okay. Cause... But still, I think the Oilers, they never spend their first round pick and it's like it's about time we start doing something here before we lose like Leon and Connor's contracts come up and they still haven't won anything. It's like, well, they want to stick around for a lot longer if their team's not really worth uh, willing to take risks to improve. Like, I don't know. Well, this is it, right? And the thing is, if you if you spend that first round pick and you all go on a deep playoff run, you're maybe getting 29th overall at best. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not like you're losing. Uh, you're not. It's not like you're losing the fourth overall pick to someone by flopping the team. You know? Um, yeah. And I don't think the Oilers missed the playoffs. I, like, I really don't think that's. I don't think it's an option. Actually, I think if that happens, you'll see teams shopping around for our stars, which will be unfortunate, but yeah. So I don't, I don't know. It was, I saw on Twitter, a guy said, I want to root for Jack Campbell, but it's so, so hard. And that was after the goal went in and I'm the same way. I, I think he still will turn it around. I don't know how, long, how much longer we can give him though, before we just take his Skinner to your thing, unless it's back to back. But yeah. I also don't want to wear him out. Oh yeah, fair. <laughs> so, what are your thoughts on Campbell? Like, do my other thought to contribute to that is that we need a new goaltending coach. I think like we've seen the other goalies just we've had the same guy for years and we've just recycled goalies. Yeah, no, that would that would be my first place to start. Would be the goaltending coach because like I don't know, you have these guys that seem to come through the system. They don't do well. And I think the biggest, uh, like, uh, what's the word for it? The biggest name on that, like, would be uh, a guy like Devin Dubnik. Mm-hmm. He struggled in Edmonton for so long, they finally got rid of him. And as soon as he went to, like, Minnesota, he was, like, a starting goalie there for, like, at least, like, four or five years. Like, and yeah, a great starting too. Like, it wasn't like he was just, like, one of the like a tandem style thing or anything like he was the number one guy there for multiple years <laughs> well this is it right and like Dubnik went around first a little bit um because I think did he go to Arizona first I almost feel like we traded him to Arizona and there's another thing was we drafted him 14th overall like that wasn't a low pick you know what I mean um yeah. But he, no, he went he went to uh it was Arizona, uh Nashville and Montreal, I think, were the kind of three spots he stopped in before ending up in Minnesota. Uh Nash, yeah, I'm just looking up here. We we traded Dubnik to Nashville for Matt Hendricks. And then and then they okay. traded traded to him to Montreal, but um he didn't play for them. He got traded then or he signed a one year deal with the Coyotes, went nine five and two. And then his career stats with the Wild are just incredible. Like 27, 9, and 2, 32, 26, and 6, 40, 19, and 5. Like just incredible years. Yeah. And uh, then he went to San Jose and had a 3, 9, and 2 season. Um, then went to the Avalanche, went 3, and 2. And then uh, Charlotte Checkers last season, four, or four games, 2, and 2. And that was the end of his career there. So. Uh, but yeah, like he's a prime example of someone that they're like, man, this guy is going to be good. He was playing for the Kamloops Blazers, which are a good program. 
um, playing incredible moments uh, in that sense. And uh, yeah, we'll have to see where they go. Uh, the one team that I really um, am intrigued by is when it comes to goaltending coach is the Boston Bruins because they just have had goalies come through there and just excel. So they're doing something right, either development in the AHL or their NHL team. Um, but to me, that's that's where this is going to have to go. The Oilers have to either upgrade that position, and I'm not all – there's my true Oiler mindset of wanting to fire coaches. But uh, they're either going to have to do that or um, like replace him or, or do something to get Campbell's confidence back. Like I say, a 900 save percentage and three goals on 32 shots – not bad considering he hasn't played in a while, but you think in that time when he's not playing, he should be mastering his game. And I'm not expecting him to go out and get a shutout every game, but we'll have to see where that goes. The Oilers are coasting along here. Uh, they're 17 and 13, I believe is their record right now after 30 games. Uh, so they've almost won two thirds of their games. Um, I predicted at the beginning of the season, 48 wins. And so we'll see where that goes. Um, they got uh, big games coming up here. In the next little bit, um, they're playing St. Louis uh, to, on Thursday, the 15th. And uh, they'll be wearing the reverse retros that night. And then on Saturday afternoon, kind of a weird time for a game. Um, the Oilers never do well on the matinees. They're playing Anaheim. And then they go on the road back to Nashville, to Dallas, at home to Vancouver, Christmas, Calgary, Seattle, Winnipeg to wrap up the calendar year. So we'll see where they go. Uh, we want to talk a few more NHL headlines, but we'll do that and we'll take a break and then we'll do that uh, on the other side right here on the MJ Sports Pod. Welcome back to the MJ Sports Pod Season 1, Episode 13. Uh, just talking some NHL headlines here again, uh, Josh. Chris Letang is back playing. We kind of debated it a little bit last time, but it's kind of intriguing to me uh, when you have two strokes and you play. I've heard some people say, yeah, but it's all he knows. Well, yeah, well, some of the things I know I don't do anymore, but that's not because of yeah. – other, there's other reasons there. But but I think, like, I don't know. I, I'd i be very careful after I've had a second one. Um, he claims he knows his body and he knew the signs of it this time, but I'm like – is that good if you know the signs of a stroke that well? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, to me, it tells actually a little bit of a different story. But yeah, uh, what, sure. what do you think of him playing again and uh, thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think it's the smartest play, but, uh, I mean, he's made enough money in his career probably that he doesn't need to be keep playing. Right. Um, but then again, I'm not – I'm not him, so if he wants to go out there and play, I mean, more power to him, I guess. I don't know. I just, I just feel like if I was in that position where I've had two strokes in my life, I'd try and slow down a little bit, I think, at something. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's some reason that they're, hap- they're happening. It's not just like they're just happening randomly. Like, there's something that's causing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they had, uh, like, you, you think of their big three, eh? Well, let's say big four. So, Flurry, he's still playing well, and he's loving life. Um, Crosby's had concussion problems and other problems. Malkin's had surgeries to repair his body. And now Latang's having strokes. Now, they have won three Stanley Cups, been in four. 
It's not like they haven't done it, but it's at the same time you're like age is catching up to these guys or injuries, right? Um, yeah. For- but then you got the flower over there in Minnesota just <laughs> wrecking people, and yeah. <laughs> and literally, do you see when he high when you see when Flurry high sticked uh, Hyman the other night? No, I didn't see that. Right with like I saw the uh... he hung hung around the Hyman went around the net and. Uh, <laughs> Flurry stuck the knob of his stick out and pushed it out, and then it hit him in the face. And then he went to the other side to defend the goal. I'm like, you little turd! <laughs> I saw the uh, drive-sidle interaction where he shot his glove uh, away a little bit further away. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. I, like, and Flurry is like, he's a competitor, right? Like, it's he has that championship, oh, yeah. and he's apparently like one of the biggest pranksters in the NHL. I've learned, and it's just like. I don't know. He's a fun character. He'll be in the Hall of Fame someday too. And oh, for sure. I wouldn't be surprised if all four of those guys I just mentioned from Pittsburgh will be in the Hall of Fame. Um, oh yeah, they will be. I don't think there's any question on that. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's an interesting one. Uh, Move to Vancouver here. Bo Horvat apparently was offered a new extension and his camp rejected. So now Vancouver. Apparently, this is all this is all the insiders, right? The people that know apparently what's going on. Um, they say that he's they've kind of moved to the trade market now, and what teams are going to take him. And he released a statement after that news broke. He said, "I'm committed to playing for this team for this season. Will not comment on it again." I'm like, okay. So, kind of seems like a foregone conclusion that he'd be gone. Which to me, but I think that's a bad move on Vancouver's part. They're finally building a core, and you're gonna. But I mean, they're offering him money. What, what are you going to do? They're not going to overpay him. Yeah, no. I was just, I was just going to say that. Like, uh, it doesn't leave them much option if you're offering him extensions and he doesn't think it's good enough and rejecting them. Like, there's not much. You can't let him walk for nothing. <laughs> well, and the intriguing part. So you trade him for assets, right? Um, yeah. And then you see other teams will not sign him for more than that. You know, like that we've seen this game before. Um, yeah. And then he's got to settle for a contract that's way less. And he's going to be like, man, Vancouver offered me way more than these guys. And it's like, yep, they did. But now we have assets yeah. that have replaced you. So uh, just kind of intriguing in that sense. And I don't know. It is it is what it is. Um, like I've said many times, it's, uh, uh, you know, I'm an Oilers fan. So Canuck troubles are fun to watch. Flame troubles are even better. Um <laughs> Markstrom came up with a near shutout the other night. That was a rare night. And yeah. Vladar has played, like Vladar played against the Leafs and some other, like, it's kind of like, okay, Daryl Sutter is doing something here. And But it's funny that they went all in on Markstrom a couple seasons ago. The Oilers went all in on Campbell this year and Skinner and Vladar are playing the games. Um, yeah, I was, I was just going to say that. It is, they kind of have the same issue right now. <laughs> yeah, so... It is is what it is, I guess, but we'll see see where it goes. And uh, yeah, and uh, I guess another like newsworthy thing is that Ily Tolvanen uh, from the uh, Predators was placed on waivers, and the Kraken have claimed him, and then they placed some guy on waivers <laughs> to make room for Tolvanen. But uh, good pickup for the Kraken. That team is unreal this year. All of a sudden, right? Like everyone is doubting Ron Francis. Why is he taking the second guy on every team instead of the best guy? Well, this might be why. Um, They've been able to pay. They've been able to overbid on guys because other teams can't afford it. Um, 
when you put like Tolvin in was gifted. And some people may not know this, but because other people are like, why did this team take him? When someone goes on waivers, there's an order. Like every team has to say no, and then you they get, the next team gets a choice, you know? So, you know, I, I saw people too. I mean, you and I are Oilers fans. So I saw this on Twitter. Someone's like, Oilers need to get him. Well, they might have been behind Seattle in the waiver line. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't just mean anyone can phone. I actually did see uh, on Facebook some uh, hockey page, complete hockey news that I know we both follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, they posted a they posted a list of everyone who had passed on him, and Oilers were in the, one of the lists or one oh, of the teams were. that okay. passed. Yeah, surprisingly, because I thought that would have been like they got so many injuries right now. It's like mm-hmm. I don't know. That's like you could pull him, and if you're like, oh, who do we send down? Like I don't know, Holloway's at waiver exempt. <laughs> that's yeah. a guy you could send down and not lose. Like not that you maybe want to send him down right now, but like that's yeah. an option, right? Like. <laughs> Yeah, but like even still, so I I didn't see that. But even still, like it's every time a big prize person gets placed on waivers that people will want. Like you don't just phone the team and say, "Hey, I want him first. So oh, yeah, no, it is a list. It is an order. So like there's times when the orders were rumored to be in on someone, and they were next in line or whatever, or five down the line, and the team ahead of them got him, and people are like, "What is this?" It's like, well, that's how she rolls. Like, yeah, there's rules to this. If, without rules, it would be complete madness. Can you imagine being the GM, yeah. getting 25 calls on the same guy because everyone wants him off waivers? Like, it would just be stupid. Um, oh, yeah. But that's how, how she rolls. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of some NHL news that we've we've observed. Uh, World Juniors getting going. The, uh, the Canadian team is going to be um, – intriguing to watch bedard is there obviously uh reed schaefer or there's prospect from seattle he is there they have um shane wright is back on the team um like they some nhl dylan gunther from arizona he got loaned to the world junior team like there's nhl experience on this team which personally i don't like that because i like the rawness of the tournament i don't like when these guys have been through nhl camps and played regular season games yeah, that's fair. But the Canada team is stacked then the way it is because the other teams don't necessarily have all these guys in the NHL that they can just loan, you know what I mean? And I think it's actually a gift that Shane Wright is going to play because he isn't playing much in Seattle, right? So um, Bedard, will, Bedard will lead that team. I'll be very shocked if he's not captain of the team. Um, yeah. I think – I almost think Mason McTavish – could have played again. Anaheim's not going to let him go, but I just think like there was some other names they could have inquired of probably and probably did. Yeah. But uh, we'll see how it goes. Attendance was way down in the summer, and I blame that on two things. First is the summer. <laughs> People aren't thinking hockey. Yeah. Second yeah. is the Team Canada scandal. They blame a lot of the attendance and tickets on that. And so – We'll see. We'll see what happens because it's in Canada, in New Brunswick, and Halifax. So we'll see where where it flies, you know. Yeah. So, but we'll uh, we'll take a break here, Josh. We'll come back. We'll do our uh, performers of the week and uh, and our uh, pick them and update that, and then we'll call it a show and uh, go from there. So we'll be right back on the MJ Sports Pod. 
Welcome back to the MJ Sports Pod, uh, Season 1, Episode 13. It's closing time here at the show. Um, Want to update NFL Pick'em. And we are at uh, – Josh went 2-2 two and two last week. I went 3-1. and one. So now I'm only two wins behind him. I'm sitting at 24-20. and 20. And, Josh, you're sitting at 26 uh, and 18. And so we're going to – we'll go through the games here uh, shortly. But why don't you kick it off uh, with Performer of the Week, and then I will uh, follow suit here. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't think uh, – it's hard to pick a different performer than Alexander Ovechkin, I think, after uh, getting to 800 goals on his career and being so close to uh, – uh, breaking that record or getting closer to Gretzky's record there's so I think uh, that'll just have to be my performer of the week yeah no, I don't I, think I, there's uh, anything that happened in the sports sports world that can top that <laughs> yeah exactly you know and I think this will be a first on the show and I don't really think it's a big deal um, but I'll do I'll be doing the same um, it's just kind of a an intriguing thing like what Ovechkin's done we've talked about it on the show here today but uh I gotta pick him again and uh or pick him like you are and uh and roll with it um and so yeah Ovi Alexander the Great and you can put an eight in there for great and that's kind of who who he is and what he's done is is just uh I don't know incredible for the league right and like you say like People always told me about Ovechkin right? or uh, Gretzky, right? Like they talk about, oh, the Gretzky days. And I'd be like, yeah, okay, well, I wasn't alive, but I've been alive to watch this guy play. And I mean, I remember when Hockeyville came to, uh, not Hockeyville, uh, hometown hockey came to Swift Current. I was at that event when Ron McLean came. And I remember Ovechkin hit goal number 500 that night. And that was a big deal. And that just seems oh, wow. like moons ago that I was there. I have a video of me being on TV, like, and this girl had a poster of 500. We were standing beside her, so they kept showing her, and then we were on TV. And and just to think, like, that was 500 goals. He's now 300 beyond that. Um, and when he breaks the record, man, because I think he will, barring injury, um, it's going to be some sort of party down there in Washington, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. So... Right on. Well, yeah, I don't think it's a surprise that we both pick Ovechkin, and that's kind of the first time we've we've done that. Uh, so going into Pick'em, Josh, uh, we got four games lined up here that I've kind of selected. Um, the first one is a Sunday edition, and it's kind of an interesting matchup. It is the Dolphins at the Bills, and the question on TSN right now is, can Miami play well in the cold conditions? And I just think, like, it's humorous because they get to play in Florida all year long. They can endure for one game, but – um, yeah. I know what they mean by that. Can they actually be effective with their offense? But are you taking the Bills at home in the cold or are you taking the Dolphins uh, swimming in Buffalo? Yeah, no, I'll take the Dolphins. I'll, I think that's an interesting storyline. I feel like that's that's one of those things that can fire up a team too, right? When it's like nobody thinks we can do this. So yeah. I'll take well, Miami. I think the Bills Mafia at home is kind of ruthless, so I'm going to go with Buffalo there. Um Another Sunday afternoon game that might be intriguing to some is uh, the Tennessee Titans are playing at SoFi Stadium with uh, the Chargers. Um, Chargers won last week. That was your uh, pick over over the Dolphins, actually. Um, interesting game. 
But uh, do you have the Chargers at home winning again two weeks in a row, or do you have the Titans taking them down? Uh, I'll, I'll take the Chargers again, I think. Okay. I have Tennessee written down, so we're already two apart here. Um, Sunday Night Football is in Washington with the Commanders, which still feels weird to say. Um, and they are at home to the New York Giants. Do you have the Giants there or the Commanders? I'll take the Giants. Okay, that's who I'm taking too. I will say though, the Commanders, although I know it's like it's kind of a weird name and everything, the uniforms that they came out with, like staying true to the colors and the all black uniform with the yellow numbers, I think is absolutely sick. Um, yeah, they they didn't. I thought the logo was pretty chintzy when it came out because it was basically the Washington Football Club logo with yellow lines on it. Um, yeah, <laughs> I was like, wow, way to just you know go back to the drawing board. Um, but the, the uniforms they've come out with actually have been pretty impressive. And I think there's a few in the NFL that I would say the uniforms are pretty, pretty cool. Um, final game here, Josh, the battle of terrible teams on Monday night football. Uh, I might have to watch this one with the Manning cast because that would be even funnier. Green Bay is at home to get this, the LA Rams. Um, Baker Mayfield starts again because their other quarterback is hurt besides Stafford. <laughs> Like, I just, like, I almost laugh at that, right? Like, they got this guy just in case, and now he's played two – it'll still be a second straight start barring him getting hurt. Um, yeah. So do you have the Rams on the road with Baker? He completely won that game on the last, like, 92-yard drive there the other day. Um, or do you have Aaron Rodgers at, at Lambeau? Uh, I'm going to go with the Rams. I, I like the Baker Mayfield story. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with LAR as well. Um, so you have the Dolphins, Chargers, Giants, Rams, and I have the Bills, Titans, Giants, Rams. So if I can somehow go four and zero, that would mean that we'd be tied because I we are two the same and two different. But that remains to be seen. Um, so that'll that'll be it for our pick. I'm here. We're coming to the end, Josh. Like I think there's a few more. Like we're in mid December now, right? And playoffs will start kind of first week in January. Um, or second week in January, I think, actually, this year. But anyways, regardless, we're coming towards the end here. We have picked 44 games. Now we've just picked four more, so that's 48 games, right? 44 plus four is 48, yeah. Um, I think I think that math checks out. <laughs> and then uh, the other thing to just add quickly on, on the NFL is that um, Brock Purdy, Mr. now they're calling him Mr. Relevant, uh, defeated Tom Brady, and he was not alive when Tom Brady started playing. Like, it was just kind of a cool <laughs> story to see him him do that. And after the game, this is just the, this is just the NFL in a nutshell that I find humorous. The guys on the, on the 49ers were taking footballs that they had caught, or like the one guy intercepted Tom Brady. He got Tom Brady to autograph the ball. He's like, I watched you when I was a kid with my family on Sunday nights. It's like, this Tom <laughs> Like, when these guys are like, can you autograph the ball? It's like, dude, we're coworkers in a sense. Like, this is not. Yeah. <laughs> but he he signs it and he talks with all these guys, and it'll probably be worth something someday. And it's cool for him, right? This guy's like, I intercepted Tom Brady, the guy I watched as a kid, wishing I could play football someday. So, yeah, well, but it was just and, funny and, watching and, that and hearing the voices, and like, you're just like, what is going through Tom's mind? <laughs> and the NFL, they the guys do that jersey swap thing sometimes too so like there's yeah. there's some of that kind of stuff that goes on after the game that you don't get to see all the time which is kind of cool yeah yeah so 
yeah, we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it, what it unfolds to. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun, fun race to the finish. Uh, I don't know how the saints are still alive in the NFC South. It's just that bad of a division. Um, they're like four and nine, I think now, and they're still technically can make the playoffs. I, I don't understand. Anyways. Oh, well, <laughs> um, they got a lot of problems. They won't go very far if they do make the playoffs. And yeah, I think that's kind of it. T Y Hilton. We should say also, uh, Signed with Dallas. Our, talking with our brother Nate, he's like, I thought he retired. It's like, well, he's playing now. Um, so he signs with Dallas for the stretch run. Dallas is ten and four. They're gonna, they're looking good. But we've said this before in the playoffs. So, um, well, and uh, was it Cole Beasley? I think came out of retirement too. I believe so. There's somebody. I think it was him. There was somebody else that like kind of came out of retirement and signed uh, somewhere this week too. Yeah, like it's and it, I mean, people will look at that and be like, "Well, the deadline passed." Well, the deadline passed, but you can still sign like free agents. That's not that's never against the rules. Um, yeah, Cole Cole no, exactly. came out of out of retirement and signed with the Bills. Yeah, okay, so, that's kind of uh, what I thought. That's where he was playing before, I think, too. Yeah, and it, yeah, it was. And Odell Beckham Jr. is just sitting on the sidelines, and all the teams that he was rumored to be going to are signing guys. It's like, dude, make your mind up. Yeah, um, says the Bills are still interested in him, but we'll see where that goes. But uh, yeah, yeah, that'll do it for us here on the show today. We covered some CFL. We want to thank Nate for stopping by for Nate's nuke bombs. Um, <laughs> that title's gonna get have to get used to it still. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, fun to do the show, Josh. It's fun to be able to connect with you. It's fun to bring it to people to, to listen to. Um, Probably one more show, hey Josh, and then we'll probably take a couple week break. Um, hopefully, the goal would be, I guess, to get fourteen in. Then we'll take a couple weeks off to. I don't know. It's not stressful, so I don't know if rest is the right word, but just take a couple week break here. Uh, it's going to be going to be different uh, season, right? Uh, we thank you for listening. You can find us on Facebook. The MJ Sports Pod page is there. Uh, Instagram, Twitter at MJ Sports Pod. Email MJ Sports Pod at gmail.com if you're into that sort of thing. Um, and then we are on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, all the places you can find your podcast. Be sure to click subscribe, leave us a rating, leave us a comment on how we can make this better. And we will see you on the other side for episode 14 of the MJ Sports Pod. Take care, everybody. Thank you.